Well, hello there. This is Let Me Know How It Is, a podcast about all things geek. Tonight, we are spotlighting the holiday classic, Home Alone. If you like what you hear, on whatever platform you might be listening, please don't forget to rate, subscribe, and leave us a review. And now, on with the show. Alright, tonight on deck we have another spotlight. This week sees the anniversary of a film that was released 30 years ago, if you could believe that. That film is Home Alone. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. This is Tommy Smithereens. And I'm Clifton. So, um, this is the best movie ever made. That's our show, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for being here. <laughs> the end. <Okay. laughs> That's yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. Alright, Home Alone stars Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, Catherine O'Hara, and the late John Hurd. The film was written by John Hughes and directed by Chris Columbus. Uh, for those that don't know, Macaulay Culkin plays eight-year-old Kevin McAllister, who was accidentally left home alone over the holidays where he were through an assortment of homemade booby traps. He's able to stop the wet bandits, a pair of dim-witted serial burglars that have struck all over the neighborhood. Uh, this is a massive hit when it came out. This wasn't like a cult classic where it did okay and then like became profitable over time. This movie made Money hand over fist upon release. Home Alone grossed $476.7 million from an $18 million budget. That's approximately $971 million today. That's like Avengers Endgame. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. You know? um, the film was actually the highest grossing comedy until The Hangover Part 2 came out in 2011. Home Alone was nominated for two Oscars for Best Original Score by John Williams and best original song, Somewhere in My Memory, which I have no idea what that is. <laughs> it's the haunting love theme. <laughs> they probably played during the credits. Probably. Yeah, probably yeah, so. yeah I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I, I came across that. I'm like, I don't know what that is. Uh, I've been watching this movie every year for like my whole life. <laughs> it's uh, in a gangster movie. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll get to that. Uh, it was also nominated for Best Picture in the Musical and Comedy category at that year's Golden Globes, which I never knew that either. And you would think okay. that that would be on the top of like all the VHS tapes, like Golden Globe <laughs> nominee for Best Picture, <laughs> like they do for everything. But you should check your copy; it might be. Yeah, I know it might. Right. <laughs> I sleep with my copy, guys. I you know, know that. Like, <laughs> What's well, part of your nativity scene, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's the last thing you put in place right after Baby Jesus is. Uh, you laugh, you laugh, but, but, but last year, uh -huh. Tommy got me the pop vinyls for Christmas. Ah, don't think that that's not coming out as Christmas decorations this year. Sure. As it should. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. It's one of the best gifts I've ever gotten in my life. Wow. Oh, wow. Right. Do they have pop vinyls for plane trains and automobiles? Cause you could make a nativity. You could. Yeah, you could. Oh, yeah, it's true. It's a good point. Because Kevin does hide an activity scene, so. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh, oh, that's a great bit. I love that bit. I clever. <laughs> so clever. Yes. Anyway, so so what are we starting with here? So uh, I watch this every year. Like I said, I, actually, I watch this like multiple times a year, probably so. But I know this is probably the first time for some of you seeing it in quite a while. This is probably the third time I've ever seen it. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just disappointed, Zach. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I've seen it more than that, but definitely not not much more than three times. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it's on, if it's on, you know, if it's on, I, I'm sure it's one of those things where I'll stop and watch a little bit of it, but I, I'm not, I'm not watching it every year. It's not in yeah. every rotation. No. I possibly have not seen it in two decades. What? Yeah, yeah I'm on yeah. This I'm is on, crazy. Yeah. I'm on his level too. Yeah. <laughs> but I did see it a bunch, probably in that first decade. Okay. I mean, oh, no. I, I'm almost surprised that it hasn't taken the place of like uh, a Christmas story and they don't run right. it like 24, they don't run it 24 hours a day on one day on like TBS or something. That's, right. Uh, yeah, that's true. Somebody could. You can, yeah, you can find, I think the, I think the problem is, is that, and I've thought about this a lot. <laughs> I think what happens <laughs> is, is that you typically don't get the TV rights on the same station for the first one and the second one. Okay, yeah, but they don't need the second one. So the no. first one you won't see on television that much. But there was a there was a little bit where NBC was kind of like was kind of like advertising it, like not quite like it's a wonderful life, but like a step down, like a tear down from it. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, but Home Alone 2 was on like AMC all the time. 
okay. during like during the season and stuff like that. So, Which is really is it really is the first one, but in New York. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. We'll get to so, that. Okay. I have no problem with that. But anyway, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no problem with that. No, no, I love, I, I love it. Clearly, I get why. Uh, I get. Yes. I get why one's a classic, but two is oh, two is a grab. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Lost in New. Yeah. Lost in New York. Yeah. Home Aloneer. Yeah, <laughs> in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Home Alone, home, even more home so. Alone in New home York. Alone-er. Yeah, home Alone. Yeah, Home Alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe there's like there was like what five Home Alone movies including the original. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get to that. We'll we'll get to that stuff. Yeah. We don't count the one with Hillary Swank. <laughs> That's we'll get shocking. to that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Hillary Swank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That's Karate Kid. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope she comes back for Cobra Kai. I also do. So, yeah. did you guys see this in the theater when it came out? I'm curious. Home Alone. Yeah, I did. Yes. I did. Home Alone. I was there opening night. Actually, I remember. Oh wow, with no a friend of mine. Yeah, and my sister. Oh. Okay, and loved it. I remember I went with a bunch of people from work. A bunch of people working like, "Hey, we're going to go see Home Alone. Do you want to go?" And I'm like, "Sure." And saw it. I was like, oh, I liked it. Sure. My brother dragged my family to it to like a discount movie theater, like when it was like <laughs> in like the 14th. No, when it was closer to Christmas. I was like, right. sure, we'll go see it with you. Come okay. on. It's still probably number one at the box office for probably those was, like, oh, six weeks yeah, between was. opening and Christmas. Mm-hmm. It was, definitely. I did not see this in the theater when it came out. Oh, and wow. uh, so my, my, my birthday's in November also. So, so it was a year until like I had a birthday party and my parents like rented Home Alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? on video cassette for all of us to like watch like all the kids to watch it and by like by that point like all the kids there had like already seen it and seen it a bunch of times and knew every everything in it but i had gotten like this gi joe toy that i really wanted for my birthday so like i spent all my time like putting that together and playing with that so i didn't even watch the movie or pay attention to the movie okay and and like they returned it before i got a chance to even like watch it so it was like it was like 2 years <laughs> Before I actually sat and watched it, I think I saw possibly the second one first. Oh, I can't remember, but I I might have. I might have seen it that way. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's sad in itself. (laughs) So how could you have lived that long without seeing it? I don't know. I mean, like, you know, I was uh, I was in a family that didn't go to the movies all that often, you know, like 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 the the. That was 1990. So like the time where I was like living at the movie theater, like didn't happen until like 95. Like that was the first summer where I was there like every weekend, you know, Right, but but 1990 is the heyday of the VCR and Blockbuster and, you know, your kid, you know, ba- you're letting your, letting your VCR, you know, babysit your kid. Yeah. So, so it's I, one of those- I don't I, I don't know. I mean, I, like I'm just I'm just as like dumbfounded by it as you are. Like, <laughs> yeah. I have no idea how I went two years not seeing it. You kept putting that coming to America tape in the VCR every yeah, time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> every right. time you had the option. Right. Well, so now I'm curious as to what made this movie so magical when you if you pass it up for the sequel. Well, like what 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 what's what the sequel, what the sequel was also we did do like my birthday party that year at the movie theater for the second one. Ah. So that was like that was like a dozen kids. Giving you gifts, giving <laughs> you, know, you to yeah. showering like, you with toys. Sit, sit, you know, yeah. But I remember, I, I remember, I was sitting in the front row. Like that movie was so packed. The second one, yeah, right, was like I was front row. Yeesh. <laughs> for yeah. it, you know. But anyway, so so let's get into it. So so what did um what sticks out? Did this was was this still fun watching it this time around, having not seen it for a while? Yeah, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I'd never like look, tried to look at it analytically before. And there, there was some stuff that surprised me. And and one thing I always didn't know is like, it has a ton of heart and it, at least compared to the, to the sequels, uh, in my opinion, like I think people only remember the gags and the gimmick and all that, <laughs> but it takes up a surprisingly short amount of time of this first movie. Like right. yeah. that whole, that whole sequence of, of the booby traps and everything is like 10 to 15 minutes. Right. Of yeah. an hour and 46 minute movie. And I think like, that's not the way I was remembering it. Having been, you know, so long since seeing it. 
and and just like all the moments and I, and I kind of remember them from when I was a kid and like they did stick with me when I was younger like the 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 heartfelt moments with the with the neighbor and in in the church but it was realizing like how much of the movie that was compared to the booby traps and the gags and the slapstick was was right. an interesting discovery watching it after so much time yeah that scene with the old man in the church like like i was just thinking about it gearing up for this episode and i was you know it's the live action kids movie is still a thing you know like they're still getting made but i don't think they're made quite like this anymore like there's something as exaggerated as this movie is it's still very grounded (laughs) right right Mm -hmm. you know what i mean if if that makes sense like the fact that that they did that scene in the church it's quiet not a whole lot going on it's like it's kind of darkly lit and everything and it's just a conversation between the two of them like like i'm impressed that they that that's included you know it's such a quiet moment yeah yeah no i agree with you but i found out as to why i was included and it made more sense as to why given what uh the screenwriter did for his mm-hmm. previous work. It almost makes more sense that why it stands out and why it um it's a it's a different take. It almost makes you feel like it's a different movie for that brief amount of time. Yeah. You're, t- yeah. you're talking about Tommy, you're talking about Chris Columbus, right? Yeah. yeah. No, Chris, Chris, Columbus, Chris Columbus directed it, but John Hughes wrote it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Okay. But I think those are the little inserts that Chris Columbus put in. The whole uh, church thing okay. is him. Okay. Yeah, yeah suppo- it, supposedly Chris Columbus like added the whole like old man like yes. neighbor like subplot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So so it wouldn't just feel like like it was a kids movie with you know like like to 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 insert like a heart and a exactly. soul into yeah. into the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember at the time it was one of the things where where they you know John Hughes was like kind of the, the the king of teen or teen angsty type movies. And there was like a kind of a running joke that he was going younger with younger with each movie. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he, cause he did, oh, yeah. cause he does home alone and then he does baby Zay out. And then the next one, like, you know, is it going to be some kind of zygote? Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. some zygote yeah. story written by John. Well, somebody Hughes. already did. Uh, look who's look, talking. Look who's talking. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that was, a, I remember that running joke at the time with, uh, with John Hughes, the reviews and stuff. So. Yeah. I mean, like it, it's just, I mean, this movie does have some, like Clifton was saying, some heart to it, but it's got like, 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 I love it. I love the whole, like, you don't judge a book by its cover aspect of the movie, Mm -hmm. right? Where, where Kevin is, is perpetually like underestimated by his entire family. Like, oh, he's helpless. And, and, you know, and, and it is. It's it's so funny dissecting Home Alone in this way, but it's like, but it is a movie about about like about like coming into your own and like and, and self reliance, right? A little sure. bit, you know. Yeah, but the I'm gonna say the movie kind of pulls out that he's a little bit because the whole notion of he was asking everybody to um pack his suitcase, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it gives you a, a little inkling that he's not, but but what 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 pulls me out of that is the way he talks to his mom and other members of his family <laughs> as if they're as if they're all the same age that kills yeah, yeah. right i mean i mean you could make the argument that he is kind of a dick at the same oh, no. time i understand that sure that he's you know i get the idea that, that that like buzz and some of the other kids are like talking down to him the whole time but he's not the, you know he's not of those 12 kids he's not the youngest so he's not getting the worst but he's no. also kind of like giving it back to everybody yeah right. well he's the youngest in his family yeah he's the youngest in his immediate family, family. Yeah. Okay. the other younger are cousins yeah, yeah. Played by his actual brother, but yeah, right. yeah, Kieran Culkin, <laughs> yeah, yes. Kieran Culkin, yeah. These he's he is younger, he is youngest, but he's a cousin, right? Yes, yeah, but no, yeah, he's but that's a staple for all John Hughes movies. There's always some little kid or kid who's somewhat of a dick to to <laughs> to everybody else and comes into his own or gets. And he does express he does express remorse for it to yeah. in sure. the church scene he does sure. admit his his follies yeah but i mean it's yeah. one of those things where it's it of all like the when i think about it where you know, kind of not necessarily where it ranks with john hughes movies would definitely like what it makes me like evokes for me it's funny because it makes me think more of uncle buck than any of the others mm-hmm. oh, yeah yeah, yeah. strangely yeah. enough he's in that movie too <laughs> right <laughs> but you know he's miles in that one because you know it's one of those things where in that movie you have tia who's the daughter who pretty much is you know the the total you know jerk face to her mother 
<laughs> you know, in, in, in the opening, most of the opening scenes of those movies as well as with Buck. But yeah, I, I mean, rewatching it, that was something I hadn't remembered quite as much was the idea that, you know, Kevin's just kind of, <laughs> you know, giving it back or giving it to kids before it even, you know, before anything was said to him. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, it, it, what's funny to me is, um, I, I was thinking about it and I was like, I, I would like, I, I keep going back and forth on this and like, like, why, why is Kevin looked at the way he is by his family? Mm-hmm. Right. Is, is it just like, is it just that, that, that he's the youngest and, and so we just write him off out that, or is it like behaviorally he does stuff to, to cause this and there's like, what, like, what is it in this weird, like chicken and the egg thing? And it's probably a little bit of both there, but I was thinking it would be like, I'm like, he should do like a prequel comic. That we could see what he's like before all of that. Yeah, <laughs> isn't, like, that isn't that Wish Kid? Yeah. But you want to see what a six year old be a jerk? Is that what, is that what, is that what you come across? Is that the, is that the premise? You're going to yeah. start rooting for the wet beard? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin McAllister <laughs> yeah. begins before. Jeez. Yeah. Jeez. But no, I think that, but like, like I say, and, and, and the whole like, don't judge a book by its cover and everything like that, like it does. It, it does spread over to the old man a little bit where there's like, there's rumors about him and, uh, <laughs> and stuff like that. Right. Right. He's the South side shovel killer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which, which he almost, <laughs> which was. is funny because that scene reads as like, as buzz, just like, just being a dick. Right. Right. right? But then what's just like interesting, making it up. Yeah. It, what's interesting in that scene where in the church where he's sitting with Kevin and, and he's listening to his granddaughter sing, he does say explicitly, like, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on around me, you know, and none of it's true. And he doesn't say like the, like the line isn't kids say stuff about me, right? It's right. just, there's a lot going on around me. So, so it is curious <laughs> to be like, do the adults, are they like right. kind of funny about him too? Like what's, what's the deal? Yeah. What I found funny is that he's pretty savvy with that shover. Cause he knocks him out with one hit, <laughs> like like he knows the correct tap to take somebody out with a shovel. I'm just saying, that was funny to yes. me. Yes, he's the he's he's the shoveler for mystery man. <laughs> he is man. He is one tap. That's all it takes, man. The William H Macy character. We just don't know it until later. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's him retired. That's that's the shoveler. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. A lot of rumors. A lot of rumors. Yeah. I want to know too if um. Right, because because my other like favorite John Hughes movies, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, of course, and everything. Sure. And I love I love all the all the bits where like he sets the dummy up in the bed and everything to like to turn over like as his parents mm-hmm. are opening the door. <laughs> and, then, and and then like that scene just done on steroids in this where where Joe Pesci, where Harry and Marv are like driving by to check out the house, and then he's got like the party set up, and he's got like the right. Michael Jordan <laughs> stand up like like on on the yes, <laughs> on the train yes. set, and yeah. I want to I want to know what what John Hughes's like fixation was on <laughs> on this like like weird elaborate like Rube Goldberg <laughs> making it look like there's people here and there's not. I'm sure that's one of his roles just because it's very fer- fierce Buellerish. Damn near, mm-hmm. yeah. But no, that, that'd be interesting if we if he was able to uh, talk about that as to why that's that's Kevin's um, second go to the fool him. Was it the second go to the fool him? Yeah, the second. Yeah, the first was the yeah. playing the tape like he did for the pizza guy yeah. playing the yes, old movie. Yes, yes, yeah. That old, you know, I thought that old movie was real. Everyone <laughs> I did. Know. I know. Yes. So did I. It wasn't until IMDb was a thing that I that I'm like, I'm, I'm like, who is this guy playing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like who is what this? Like, is I always this? thought it was like a Cagney movie. Like, I always remembered it as like it was Jim right. Cagney. Yeah, it felt sure. that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's definitely. Yeah. I think it's definitely done on purpose. I feel like it was last Christmas or the Christmas before that somebody online pointed it out that like it was today when I learned that the you know what's the movie called Zach Oh uh, Angels with Dirty Faces Yeah it was yeah. like uh, it was today that I learned Angels with Dirty Faces wasn't a real movie and like Chris Evans responds like what <laughs> like it's not Yeah. <laughs> It looks great, though. I mean, like, like yeah. God, like, like they nail it, like top to bottom. Like even like the VHS box, like prop, yeah. I guess that they made for this when he's like right. popping it in. Yeah, I'm like, it looked legit to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah I feel it. like it's referencing um, Howard Hawks Scarface, like original Scarface, mm-hmm. like the Tommy Gun scenes, and yeah. 
uh, feel like it's a reference to that, but that's all I can get from it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I read somewhere where they pulled it directly from. It was a it was a playoff of a specific movie, something with angels, but it just wasn't okay. the dirty faces. Uh, give me a moment. <laughs> uh, I, I'll get back to you on that as to which one it is. But right. yeah, yeah, it definitely I think, was I think a playoff. It is a- I think it is a Cagney movie with the, with the, the yeah. title. So there, there, yeah, there is a Cagney movie that that he did with Humphrey Bogart, like when Humphrey Bogart was like just starting out. Mm. And I'm blanking on the name. Um, My fault. The name of the movie in the name of the movie in the movie is Angels with Filthy Souls. That's what I thought oh. was the, okay. was yeah, the name Angels of the movie. Angels with Filthy Souls. That's yeah. right. Okay, got it. Okay. So Angels with Dirty Faces is, is the Cagney movie that I'm yes. talking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay. okay good save there we go <laughs> but now i was fooled too this one is like I, I i don't really try to learn a whole lot about like how the this is this is one that you know is so nostalgic and special to me that that i don't really want to know like like how the hot dog is made necessarily really? but i did think it was interesting when i was like um doing a little bit of research on it and, and, and the whole idea apparently stemmed from John Hughes was like getting ready to take a trip and was like jotting down a list of like, this is stuff I can't forget. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I need, I need like my shaver and I need my slippers and you know, whatever. I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out. And then he's like, Oh, I like, you know, can't forget my kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Like as a right. joke. And then was like, huh? Like what would happen? Right. Like, like, what would happen if I did, like, accidentally leave my kids behind? Like, what would they be doing? <laughs> and, like, that's that's the whole uh, idea that spurned this thing. Hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. But no, nah, but it's, it's a shame that you didn't look into the backstory of it, because this is one of those almost shouldn't have got made type of deals. Okay. Yeah. What do yeah. you got? Oh, no. Well, first of all, it's supposed to be a WB pitcher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they instead of Fox. Fox. Yeah, yeah, instead of a Fox, Fox movie. Yeah. Uh according to um what was it? The documentary on how um the movies that we love on Netflix. Mm-hmm. They saw a little one hour um look into how the movie was made. And um movies that made us. Yeah, thank you. Movies that made us. And Hughes pitched um Warner Brothers the movie. And they and there was he was supposed to be on budget for just 10 million. Mm. What ended up happening is they um, canceled the whole project when the movie came to fourteen point seven million. Mm. Okay. But, um, with Hughes being the producer, he kind of figured that's where they would go. So while he gave them the final budget on what it could have been, he also gave the script to Fox. Fox loved it. Right. He's like, sure, we'll make it for that much. I mean, well, they t- he told them at the time fourteen fourteen point seven, and they were like, yeah, we'll definitely do a movie like this for that little. Okay, and it ended up giving being even higher to eighteen million, but WB pulled the cord on that, right? Which is insane. Looking back on it now, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what it what it would look like um, at WB. Oh yeah, it, it wouldn't have been as, as great because they were more concerned with um, keeping it a very low budget. Hence, why right. we got certain things in it. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think would have been interesting is that you could have had possibly like. I'm I'm looking at it from like a rights issue of like what other stuff can you pull and use? And one of the things that that like really like gets me into the spirit of things watching this movie is that there is like actual like Christmas music, like mm-hmm. popular Christmas music, like the drifters yeah. and stuff like that. Like some yeah. of my favorites is in there and and it'd be interesting. So I think that that stuff probably doesn't get included if Warner Brothers does it. But yeah, yeah, you're right. But like Gremlins, though, I mean, what you probably can do is like the Looney Tunes, like merchandise can probably show up had Warner Brothers done it right. Yeah, not, no. not to be not to be like 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 a big plot point or anything. But, you know, you could have had like a Bugs Bunny thing on the shelf in one of the bedrooms and not, you know, not have it be a big deal. Yeah. Possibly, but, but yeah, but Warner Brothers is really tight on that budget. In fact, we couldn't we wouldn't have gotten Daniel Stern if WB kept with it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Another actor called uh, I think Dan Roebuck was their second go to go to choice because they weren't going to pay Stern for what he wanted because okay. they wanted to save a couple of bucks. But it ended up not happening. Interesting. 
How big was Daniel Stern at this point? Was Wonder Years on the air at this point? No, I don't think no. Wonder Years had started yet. No, okay. It possibly, it possibly had been in its first season. Okay, I think so because I think I think Wonder Years was like '88, so it might have been like a season or or into its okay. second season, but right. it wasn't on. I mean, you know, it's it's a big difference. It's a big difference between being on camera and then doing the voiceover. So okay, right. we got to know Wonder Years started in '88. Yes. So okay. so for for listeners that don't know. Uh, we're gonna blow your mind right here. So Marv from Home Alone is the narrator in the Wonder Years. Yes. Um, <laughs> and for our younger fans, Wonder Years was a show. Wonder Years was a show with Fred Savage <laughs> that took place <laughs> in the 1960s. That was made in the 80s. <laughs> right. Playing young Kevin Arnold. Yeah. Yeah. If you've ever seen How I Met Your Mother, it's a little more recent, <laughs> but it does right. the same bit. Yeah. So, but th- but so then the other one. So was City Slickers. Out mm-hmm. at this point too so city city slickers would have been like what the year before no it city slickers was the year after because really there's a point in which um what's his name crystal yeah billy crystal is talking to stern saying your movie's still number one and this is why they're in production for uh, city slickers oh okay hmm. that's crazy no yeah. i didn't know that yeah daniel stern i mean dare i say might steal the movie in places <laughs> like <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I go right. back and forth on like on who's got the better lines between Harry and Marv and who's got like like who gets it worse. I mean, like the fact right. that, that like Marv with the with the spider on his face yeah. is like yeah. is is like the best the best gag in the whole movie. I no, think. it's the the nail on the stairs gains some sympathy for for Daniel Stern's character. Big time. So he might be a touch easier to to have some sympathy for. The one the one that gets me even worse than the nail is when he comes in through the window and he's got the Christmas ornaments like all set up on the floor and he steps <laughs> yeah. on them barefoot. It's uh, like Die Hard. There's yeah, yeah. there's one, but there's one shot where like he's taking a step and one like pops like right under his toes. I'm like, oh, like that gets me every time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> really? To me, the the most sympathetic is. The hot iron to the face. I mean, seriously. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that is my favorite. That's my favorite gag, actually, yeah. of them all, is where he okay. just looks up and sees it coming. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> and God. it's such a simple gag. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That is a great yeah. But the, 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 to, to, to play devil's advocate and go to Harry, mm-hmm. which, which, you know, there's something a little more lovable about Marv. Like, he's, he's more dim-witted. He's more, right? He's more childlike, even though he floods people's houses. Yeah. Well, even that's somewhat childlike. Like yeah. it seems immature, and the other one, and, and, and Harry tells him not to do it. Yeah. But uh, when when Harry is going up the stairs in the front of the house, and slips and like and does like a header onto the steps, like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he falls yeah. backwards and lands like on his shoulders and neck, and and you know spins out into the ground. Like that one gets me every time. And and I remember too, like like the few times that I've seen like little behind the scenes things on that. Like there was a little bit like th- like this movie was an achievement as far in like in the stunt world. Yes, yes. I, <laughs> like I know, you know, mm. and I know that there was that there was some people that they're like there's no CG, none of that stuff. There's no like wire work like that. That's just people doing that stuff. Right. Yeah. You no. know? Yeah. They talked to the stunt people on that, and there were and it's to a point that it set a mark. Like when you do like high kick falls like they did, yeah. it's called a home alone. <laughs> right. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is insane. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And it was like one take only. So if they did it, they did their best to capture that scene as best as possible. So they mm-hmm. wouldn't continually have to <laughs> do those right. horrific stunts. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, couldn't imagine the pain on that mess. Getting their headlights on, lit, lit on fire. And yes. <laughs> yeah. Where Daniel Stern takes the tumble down the stairs to the basement. <laughs> and it just lays there as a heap. That was one where I was like, man, that was a person. Like a yeah. person did that. Yeah, yeah a person yeah, did exactly. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those icy steps. Jeez. I That's like a nightmare for anybody. That, right. To walk on some <laughs> straight brick steps and just, or concrete steps and just fall dramatically like that. Ooh. Yeah. I remember too, like when the VHS came out, there was like there there was like a poster that was made that was like the blueprint that that Kevin like rolls out onto the table where he's got like the diagram of the house 
where he's like, I'm mm-hmm. going to put the paint cans here and the micro machines over here. Right. Mm-hmm. And that thing, at least in my neighborhood, like that, that thing was like a sought after <laughs> like, w- like item where like everybody was trying to trade that kid like Marvel cards and, <laughs> you know, and GI Joe's and Transformers and whatever, and like Ninja Turtles and stuff like that. Like everybody wanted that poster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's funny to think of the idea that, you know, that Pesci is in this in Home Alone as Harry. And it's also the same year as Goodfellas. Right. <laughs> yes. You know, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because they're both 1990, you know, that you have both, you know, he's playing this kind of not so, you know, all, I mean, he's, you know, they're, they're the wet bandits, but they're kind of, like you say, they're kind of fun and they're kind of slapsticky and they're not real. They're threatening, but they're not threatening. They're not, they're not yeah. Goodfellas threatening. Right. No, thank so, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yeah. that was funny because. Yeah, he never asked Kevin, do I amuse you? Right, 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 yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Go get your no, shine box, Kevin. They said that scene was uh, done in there, but they took it out. What's that? There's a scene in which he does the speech. Oh, really? And he says it to um, <laughs> Daniel Stern, but it's like, nah. In fact, it's even funnier is um, Pesci explains that if it's a Scorsese script, he yeah. adds in a swear word, an F this and an F that every other line, right. and he's used to it. So at major points in the movie, Dad to remind him. That's when he comes with that razzle frazzle, razzle frazzle. Because oh. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right. he's used to cussing. I mean, look at right. Casino, uh, Raging Bull. They in the movie. That man's a uh, cuss in the storm. That's so funny. But yeah, because Home Alone is nineteen ninety, and then he's got it's ni- it's two more years. I mean, he does like you know a couple movies between it, but he's got My Cousin Vinny and Lethal Weapon three are two years later after Home Alone. Mm. Yeah. Ah, what's more lighthearted? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it leads him to a lighthearted path. Until he gets, <laughs> until he gets to Casino. And then he did Gone Fishing with Daniel Glover. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably argue ends it and brings it back to Casino all over again. Yeah, because yeah. he gets, it, he basically does, he does, like I said, he does uh, My Cousin Vinny and Lethal Weapon, 92, Lethal Weapon 3 in 92. Mm-hmm. And then he does Home Alone 2, the sequel in 92, also. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And then it's like, a, it's, uh, what is it? A Bronx Tale and with honors or 93 and 94 and then 95 is Casino where he goes back to being, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cussy, not, cussy, not, yeah. Yeah, not kid movie cause, uh, Joe Pesci. So. Right. So it's an interesting flip between the two. It is. He's no longer yeah, fun is. uncle Joe Pesci. Right. No. <laughs> no. No. There is a very dark moment though when they catch him. Oh, and yeah. they hang him up on, on the hook and then he's like, I'm going to bite these fingers off like one by one. <laughs> and yeah. I'm just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That must have been an ad lib. Had to have been. I'm like, that's yeah. Pesci. That's, pe- that's Pesci <laughs> yeah. going off script. Yeah. It's yeah. gotta be. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't see John Hughes writing a line like that. <laughs> no, I don't see it either. Yeah. Or, or Chris Columbus, to be honest. We, yeah. um, we, we, we didn't bring up John Candy at all, which, you know, who, yeah. who's got, uh, uh, I, I don't even know that he's credited in the opening credits of this or anything, right? I don't think so. Not in the opening, no, I, no. I don't think he is, no. Yeah. What's crazy is they didn't even pay him what he's used to being paid. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. What's the story there? He gets paid the scale. He does it as a favor to um, Hughes just to pop up. All his lines are ad lib. All of them. <laughs> oh, really? That's yeah, that was just insane. Yes. Oh. Well, the other thing, I mean, the other thing to remember there is that him and Catherine O'Hara have the past for being in SCTV together, so they knew each other. So I'm sure that was part of the. Yeah, the, they're the, old the, friends. Yeah, right. big time. That was big time. Yeah. Because I, th- I read an article with her recently when they were talking about Shit's Creek and the fact that, you know, it was, I think it was right around John Candy's birthday. And she was like, oh, no, you know, how could you not love that guy then? And how could you not still miss him and love him now? So, no, yeah. right. Oh, I never do that. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I didn't know that they knew each other. Oh, big time. His story in the truck, though, when it takes a turn about leaving the kid at the funeral. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. He he's all like, no, up. he was yeah. fine. Like, he started talking again after six or seven months. He's yeah. Kids are resilient. <laughs> yeah. 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 Loved it. <laughs> the fact he made all that lup is, yeah. is insane. Yeah. Le- left a little tight there at the funeral par- parlor. Yeah. All day. <laughs> all day, you know, right there. And when we came to get him, you know, we came to our senses. Yeah, he's there all day with the corpse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Home Alone is a, is also a year after Uncle Buck. So. Oh, that's what got him to um, include what uh, Zach was saying about his idea with the kid. That he mm. wanted to make a movie with Macaulay Culkin because he stole scenes from Uncle Buck. Yeah, well, he's yeah. great in that too. Yeah. Oh, big time. 
you know, the whole thing. We don't get home alone. It's not, it's not for Uncle Buck. Mm-hmm. When he slides, when you know, when he slides in the, in the in the kitchen and sees Buck for the first time, he's like, "Who are you?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm your uncle yes. Buck. You know, and then they ask, basically, like, "Do we have an uncle Buck?" Because <laughs> you know, he's the black sheep of the family, basically. So this movie then did, of course, uh, spawn the very, also the very successful Home Alone Two, Lost in New York. Um, which, yeah, <laughs> I mean, the criticism there is that, like, it, it's the same movie, top to bottom, just just in right. in New York. Um, but like I said at the at the top of the show, like I I don't hold that against it at all. I still love Home Alone too, as well. Like mm. it's it's one of those things. Like I love the first one. It's the same thing. Why wouldn't I love this one? Right. <laughs> you know that one I've only probably ever seen once ever. Yeah, and that was like three decades ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, not quite obviously, but close to three decades ago. Yeah. Well. I never finished watching it. <laughs> what? So what yeah. do you like about this one, Zach? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sell I us mean, on it. I, there's, there's, like I said, I mean, it's just the same movie top to bottom. And, and it's like, there, there's an innocence to all of them that I like. Okay. You know what I mean? And, and, the, and I recognize that there's a ton of heavy nostalgia working here mm-hmm. at, at this point. But, but I, but I like about is um, I like how tight the scripts are okay. still and like, and there are ways in the first one that, that, you know, we're like, they did think of stuff, right? We're like, you know, they're the, they spill the milk like all over the pizza stuff and they're like all scrambling to clean it up. And then you see that they threw out one of the, one of the um, plane tickets. Yeah. One of the plane tickets is in the trash can. Like it's a, it's impressive to me that they thought of that stuff. Right. Right. And then it's like, and then in the second one, it's not as elegant, but the idea that they still thought things through and it's like, like, okay, so this is how he's going to get split up from his family on at the airport. This guy comes over and he's wearing like the same like overcoat as his dad and he's running after him and he's got his dad's wallet, you know, because he's carrying his backpack looking for batteries and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I, I'm just it, the blocking of it all impresses me still. Okay. Right. Okay. It was like, like, Frank, like when. There, there was a um, a film festival that you and I went to a couple years ago where we went to see Back to the Future. They were doing like a movie, the 80s. Right. Like, like they, we, and we went to see Back to the Future in uh, in the theater. And and there was that that scene where. He gets the flyer right about mm-hmm. the clock tower and then right. Jennifer like jots her her grandmother's phone number so that he could call her. Right. Like, and I remember like, like you and I looked at each other in the theater at that point. We're like, this script is so freaking tight. It is. It's, <laughs> yeah, right? it's one, it's, it is by far. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely one of those top and, to bottom. And I, I'll make that argument for these movies as well. Mm. <laughs> like, like, top, like top to bottom. I think that like they've thought of like so much to make, to make everything work and make everything yeah. line up, you know? Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. Sure. No, it's, no, it's interesting you say that because um, I liked how I came across how why John Hughes picked Christopher Columbus mm-hmm. because he right. liked his screenwriting. I mm-hmm. didn't know what he wrote before, and right. then I came across it, which was uh, interesting for uh, Frank. Is he wrote Goonies, yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gremlins, mm-hmm. and Galaxy High. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All thirteen episodes of Galaxy High, Chris Columbus wrote. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no and, kidding. I didn't know that. Yeah. And then, interesting. And to add to it, his first movie was Adventures in Babysitting. Yes. Yeah. That he directed, Chris Columbus. Yeah. Because it's one of those things where definitely like that same sort of like that. If you, if you sort of squint, that's one thing I like about, about Adventures in Babysitting. That mm-hmm. could easily be a John Hughes movie. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Very much so. Very easily be a John Hughes movie. But it's not. It's Chris Columbus. So, yeah. But, and then also, that's what made him see elements of him in Chris Columbus. Mm-hmm. And so it's funny because he was supposed to direct National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Because ah, yeah. Chris Columbus loves Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unabashedly. Mm-hmm. Does he love it more than Shane Black? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good argument. I that's, love a, it. that's a debate yeah. for another day. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Oh no, that I didn't even thought about that. That would be a great debate for that. <laughs> he does put it in every movie. Every movie. It's, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. All the lethal weapons. It's in Iron Man 3. It's in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Kiss, 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 bang, kiss bang. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, yeah. Next we got, time. We'll, do it, we'll do it later. Yeah. Save yeah. it for another podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he didn't do Winter Vacation because of one thing. Chevy? Chevy Chase. Yeah. He's a jerk <laughs> then. He's a jerk now. <laughs> to the point that he chose not to do Christmas Vacation. And Hughes. Allegedly. 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 <laughs> and yes. Hughes put him on. Um, um, Home Alone, or at least gave him yeah. Home Alone. I'm not saying that about Chevy. I love Chevy, but I'm just saying that's the that's the that's, that's the, what people the, have said. I've that's heard what people yeah. have said. Yes, <laughs> go, go look sources. at go look at Bob Woodward's book on SNL, and that'll be all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but no, the screenplay stuff. I get that because of Chris Columbus. What he does after that, it's almost like yeah, we see it. Mm-hmm. The heir apparent. Yeah, he was. Th- this was like also. Um, a couple of years after that was when I started like starting really to follow like film and starting to know writers and directors and stuff like that. And like Chris Columbus, I always thought for a long time was really underrated. Yeah. You know, for, for, for this movie. And like you said, like all the other stuff, like, you know, he wrote Goonies and uh, adventures of babysitting and stuff like that. But he also like, you know, it's not, it's not a huge movie anymore, but he directed a Hugh Grant movie called nine months. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, which yeah. was like, which was like, like one of my mom and I's like favorite movies. And it was like Robin Williams is like this, uh, (laughs) you know, um, obstetrician, uh, who was a, you know, zany character and stuff like that. So he was, he was somebody whose name I always like got excited about. And I don't, I don't know if anybody remembers this, but there was a long time he was attached to a fantastic four movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, like I I remember the, in my wizard days in my wizard magazine days, like looking at it, it was like, there's a fantastic four movie in development. Chris Columbus for like years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that? that one might have had the like legendary Michael France script that everyone said was good at the time. Mm. Wow. Oh, okay. But yeah, I was I was wrong. It's not Bob Woodward, it's Tom Shales' book on SNL. But Tom yeah. Shales, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the TV the TV guy. Not 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 Bob Woodward, the guy that took down Nixon. <laughs> not the Watergate guy. No, not the yeah. Watergate guy. <laughs> they both worked at the post. Yeah. My bad. Sorry. But yeah, I, I think it's 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 interesting to think about, you know. Especially, like I said, around that time, just some of the things that people were in and how people knew each other and the idea that, you know, a lot of this sort of came together. Like you were saying, Tommy, the idea that it was supposed to be a Warner Brothers pick mm-hmm. and how much, they, who knows if they would have even gone with Chris Columbus or with, um, they might have bought John Hughes' script and then totally did something different with it. Possibly. Yeah. Very likely. Did he even do any movies at Warner Brothers ever? Yeah. That was my thought too. Was, I had a question about that as well. I don't know that he did. I mean, sure. I mean, there's possibly one I'm forgetting about, but I, I like pretty in pink, like all those classics, like, you know, mm. like, I don't, I don't remember a Warner Brothers logo being on, on any of those. Yeah. They say he was famously not. Well, he's somewhat known for not wanting to do um, studio films. Mm-hmm. So he always tried to did his best to film it in Chicago, as we all see most of his movies in. Like, if yeah. he could do it in Chicago, he'd push for Chicago. Mm hmm. Yeah, I was trying to think about the other thing I was trying to think about was much like say with like the Coens that like write a lot of stuff that has to do with one particular genre or you know like crime or one of those facets of that. I was trying to think of like other than say like career opportunities, other John Hughes movies with like capers or or criminals in them. Oh yeah, I do like career opportunities. Okay, it's a it's a good one. I haven't seen it in a while, but it's a pretty good one. Yeah, I liked it when I was younger. I had not seen it in a while either, but I liked it when I was younger. Yeah. But that was just sort of, I was, I was trying to, I was racking my brain. I'm like, her opportunity they know has that because they break into like the, was it Venture? Is that the Target? Mm. The whole thing takes place at a Target store overnight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was back like before Target had made their countrywide expansion. So I didn't even know what a Target was. And then after yeah. I went, saw that movie, I went somewhere with a Target and got excited because I only knew it <laughs> from career opportunities. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's the place. Right. But, and had to go there. But yeah, it's got. Right. It's Frank Whaley and, and Jennifer Connelly. And Dermot Mulroney is that's that right? That's it. I he's think the, that's right. He's one of the like super skeevy looking burglars. Yes, <laughs> that breaks right. into Target in the middle of the night. Yes, where Frank Whaley and Jennifer Connelly are hanging out, basically because they're bored, but for different mm-hmm. reasons. Like she's the bored rich girl, and he's yes. just like the bored working class kind of slacker. Right. I've still never seen this movie, but Clifton, you've told me about this movie a lot. <laughs> it's one of your favorites, I know. It was, it was one I watched a lot when I was like a young teenager. A right. Lot. Was, um, was some kind of wonderful also like one that he had written? Yeah, he wrote it and it was directed by Howard Deutsch. Okay. Gotcha. Who also directed 
Pretty in Pink that was uh, written by John Hughes. So right, those yes. were two that they teamed up as a writer director team on and have a lot of similarities until yes. the end. Mm-hmm. And I believe I read that John Hughes had wanted the, some kind of wonderful ending for Pretty in Pink, but test audiences convinced them to go with the Pretty in Pink ending mm. we got. Then Hughes decided to sort of retell the story with the ending he wanted. Uh, okay. Because okay. It's, tri- it's a triangle in that one too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Some Kind of Wonderful is one of my all-time favorites. I yes. still watch that one all the time and it holds up very well. Some Kind of Wonderful is awesome. <laughs> I love a good that movie. one. Yeah. Because it's also got what's his name from Beverly Hills Cop is uh, Mary Sue Masterson's dad, right? Hmm. Am I thinking of? Or is, yeah. he, or, mm-hmm. or is, he, yeah. is he Andrew McCarthy? No, no, dad? no. He, he's, he's Eric Stoltz's dad. Eric Stoltz. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm yeah. thinking of Andrew McCarthy. I'm thinking of, it's all, they're all around that same time. So right. Wait, I have a question. Um, going back a little bit. Okay. You guys questioned if um, John Hughes did a Warner Brothers film or Chris Columbus did one. John Hughes. No, John, John Hughes. Hughes did. Thank yeah. you. I was about to say. That's, Columbus yeah. goes on to do. Because no, because Chris Columbus did did some big Warner Brothers movies. Yeah, thank you. Right, he goes on to do <laughs> Harry Potter, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh my yeah. God. Okay. He yeah. did. Um, no. He did at least the first Harry Potter, right? Yeah. First two. Yes. First two. Yeah. First okay. two yeah. until was it Alfonso Cuarón took over with mm-hmm. the third one? I think so. Uh, yeah, I believe so. But with John Hughes, he did uh, Curly Sue. Um, mm. And the National Lampoon's uh, vacation stuff is um, WB. All Warner Brothers? Okay. Yeah, that's probably why he went to them right. first for um, Home that's Alone. That's right. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, so maybe, he had, well, and then that takes us back to Chevy. Oh, yeah. Did <laughs> <laughs> the National Lampoon stuff, so. Yeah. Well, it's just like, I, like, I've always loved John Hughes, but it's just hitting me now, like, how many of, like, some of my favorite movies ever he's done. Mm-hmm. Just thinking mm-hmm. about it, yeah, yeah. He was, yeah. He was no, amazing he's great. Writer. Yeah, I miss I miss his voice. I miss his voice a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people do. He he cranked out scripts like it was nothing. The way he makes stuff. I was always curious, like what the story was, like what, like given the fact that that Home Alone one and two, given get, getting back to that because we took a long John Hughes <laughs> detour, but that's yeah. fine. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> I love John Hughes, like I said, but. Yeah. Given the fact that, that Home Alone 1 and 2 were so unbelievably successful, it, I never understood why we didn't get a Home Alone 3. I know we got a Home Alone 3. I'm talking a real Home Alone 3 with, <laughs> <laughs> with Macaulay Culkin. With the Wet Bandits and yeah. Macaulay Culkin. And, and well. like all of them coming back. Like I can't believe that... that I mean, it, it, it had to have been at, at this point just somebody not wanting to do it. Right? right. Because I can't sure. think that, that, that they... That, they would just back the Brinks truck up to all three of their houses and then be like, <laughs> you guys want to just do it again? You know? Right. My question is, has anybody pitched it as a Disney plus series yet with 40 <laughs> year old Macaulay Culkin? Yes. And like 60 year old. Daniel Stern. Yeah, you know it's coming. However old she is now. Yeah, you know it's coming. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I I know I know Disney has something in the plan in in the works for it. I, I Clifton, I remember you and I talking when when Disney was buying Fox, and we were talking like the Mar the Marvel Star Wars stuff. But I, but I was I remember you and I saying I'm like man, if there are three things that Fox has, if I'm Disney, I want, and it's like it was Home Alone, Night at the Museum, mm-hmm. and then the other one that was like cheaper by the dozen that the, that, oh, yeah, that they also the said they were going to make. <laughs> Frank, you say aliens. Yeah, Frank said yeah. aliens. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, sure. Well, I mean, if there is an alien queen, then all the aliens are are Disney princesses. Yes, yeah, exactly. Indeed. Yeah, they, there you go. <laughs> Ripley's a Disney princess. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Of course. Yeah. Saturday, it's turned into Saturday morning property. Why not? No, sure. Sure. <laughs> and I think they also picked up Percy Jackson. Yeah, they ah. did. Yeah, they did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because they are they have put those on Disney Plus. So I think they have the rights to that franchise at the mm-hmm. moment. So I mean, I know that there's some kind of reboot in the works that, you know, may may be a faithful reboot. It may be a reimagining of of the concept in general. Like I don't like, you know, we don't quite know what's going on with it, but the idea that that I mean there's just something about Home Alone 3, Home Alone 4, Home Alone 5, which I've never seen, you know, that like it it, it kind of had like a say by the bell, the new class feel to me. We're like, like there's something <laughs> about it 
like that cast just never had the charisma that the original had. Right. And it was just something about like, you know, God bless the kid from Liar Liar that was like in the third one. But I'm like, mm-hmm. there's just something I'm like, there's something about the feel of this, even just by the commercials. I'm like, they're just not nailing it. There's just something about like, it It didn't feel like it had the heart. It it felt like it was too exaggerated, which is a weird thing to say, but you know what right. I mean? Like, well, I mean, well, but looking at, looking at his, like his IMDB, right? He does, he does uncle Buck and, and then he does Jacob's ladder home alone, only the lonely, my girl. And he does wish kid for looks like a season <laughs> home alone two, And then the good son. And then yeah. from then on, it's just kind of like, you know, the page master, which was animated. Richie um, Rich, right? Yeah. Carly yeah. Sue. Yeah. He does he does pop up back up in Saved around 2002. Oh, that's yeah. right. Or three, mm-hmm. which is very good. Saved is a great movie. It is a good movie. Yeah, 2004. Clifton, you're 2004, close. okay. But yeah. still, you're right in there. Um, But yeah, it's one of those things where it's just, uh, you know, at that point, he is how old after, after Home Alone 2? He is 12? I guess after some point it becomes a stretch. <laughs> he's he's less precocious, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, you know, he's teen, you know, he's fifteen years old. Like you can leave a kid, a fifteen year old home alone, right? And it's right, not right. nearly as bad as like a nine year old or an eight year old home alone. Well, it was also yeah. like like what was the thing that Liam Neeson said about like Taken before before the, before they made a third Taken, which they did, right. but they asked him about a third one. And he's like, I feel like at some point, like like you lose her again. Like, right. like you're just, just, you're just on just, your parenting. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're just a terrible dad. <laughs> yeah, and now right. you're trying to leave him. At this point, you're trying yeah. to abandon him. It's not even a, a a mistake. Yeah, yeah. But no, but at this point, he's a mega star. There's no way they're doing it for the budget, even for the second one of the same mm-hmm. account. Like he's yeah. he's he's partying with Michael Jackson at this point, isn't he? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, and they're and they're and they're. And they're and I, I could be remembering it wrong, but I do I do think that there was like some money disputes like within the family, yeah, mm. and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, it was just it, it, it just it always puzzled me how we never got a third one, given that it was so successful, you know. But you know, probably whatever. yeah, probably for how much money they wanted because what I I I can almost assume they got him for damn near nothing in that first one, but sure. but sure. to get him for damn near nothing in the third one, they probably half the budget goes to him just appearing, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Well, yeah, when you think well, again, when you said that when you, when you were them in the box office at the beginning, and you said they made it for what, like eighteen million? Yeah, eighteen million, <laughs> and, then, and that and was then, over and, budget. Yeah, yes. that was and that was over budget. <laughs> and then it made Endgame money. Yes, <laughs> yes. That's you, that's yeah. unheard of. That's yeah. like that's like making the Blair Witch Project for you know a couple hundred grand and it being a, a monster hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it just doesn't. Yeah. That doesn't really happen all that often anymore. No, but yeah. I'm sure he, they probably try to get him to like what 15, 10 million at just to appear in the next one, if right. nothing else for that kid. It's, a, yeah. it's right. a nice looking movie too. I mean, it's the thing. Like it, it, it doesn't feel small. Mm. Is the thing. A lot of locations worked into there. Like I, I don't know. I, I only looked at what what the um what the gross translated to in in inflation. I didn't look at like I didn't look at how much the budget would be today. Ah, uh, but it's funny that you used to say that it looks small. It doesn't look small. Um. The house, it wasn't built. <laughs> they built the interior of the house in an abandoned school gymnasium. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. probably the same school they used for Breakfast Club. Which it was, <laughs> yes. Yeah, probably. Yeah. They filmed a lot of stuff at that high school. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah which is just, in- uh, just north, or just, I think, west of Chicago in the suburbs. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because if you, if you remember, and this is, just, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Zach, for peeling back mm-hmm. the wall a little bit. Oh. Um, we never get his room. Right. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, all the scenes if you if you remember correctly, certain scenes are done in the house. We never get the full layout of the house as big as it seemed yeah. from the outside. Yeah. Yeah. And yet it's also but in a weird way like it's not confusing. No, not at like, all. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, but but it also probably makes it seem bigger like yeah. if you don't even see these other things that are hinted at. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But yeah, no, I mean, it's just, it, it, but I mean, I, I always think you can kind of tell the size of a budget looking at a show by, by how many locations they go to. And that's sort of my thing about it that like, I mean, it is a movie that's in, that's in this house a lot, but there's a ton of airport stuff. There's a ton of like stuff at the grocery store. There's a ton of exteriors. Right. And mm-hmm. it's just like, like it, it feels like a big movie, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And which I think is also like a slight on some of the later sequels too. that, like after two, they didn't feel as big. You know, it was almost like they, they started to, to make them like on the cheap. Well, yeah, know? because which, well, I mean, that's but that's the thing is like if you don't have the wet bandits and you don't have Kevin and his family, it's kind of like you said, it's kind of like an off brand home alone. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting anything that, I, you know, at the same time we've talked about in sequels with, you know, you don't want to go too far from formula, but at the same time, if you're going to give me something new. It's got to be something that that's going to bring me in. And I don't think the kid from liar, liar is the draw that nah, Macaulay, he wouldn't, he wouldn't you know, the Macaulay Culkin is yeah. at yeah. that point. Yeah. So. He wouldn't ask charm. No. Right. <laughs> or precocious. Oh, precocious. Right. <laughs> precocious. <laughs> yeah. They should have did it. Do it now, still, Disney. I'll do it. I'll watch it. They have a roster roster of kids they can choose from. They can definitely get away with it. Yeah, and they'll do they'll do the Kevin Kevin leaves his kid home alone and blah blah blah. I don't care. I'm in. Anyway, it it should be it should it should be Kevin McAllister house arrest. He can't leave the house. (laughs) Yeah. But he has to finally get out of prison and they're coming for revenge. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He has to leave the house, but now he can't leave the house. Right. So that's my pitch. Disney. There you go. Take it, Disney Plus. Go. There you go. His father passed away, so right. he goes to stay with his mom, right? right. Because the because the guy that played his father passed away, actually. Okay. So he goes to stay with his mom uh, for a bit to kind of help her through it, and then yeah, and then the wet bandits come back for revenge. Yeah, after <laughs> they course. served their sentence. Right. It's got. It's got to exactly. be a Christmas movie. You got to throw Christmas in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I do want to point out that was Kieran Culkin's first on-screen credit ever <laughs> as Fuller, the, the kid that they kept being afraid would wet the bed if he yeah. drank too much. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny, like it's the start of an illustrious career because he went like from that to She's All That. He was the, the mm. younger brother to uh, Rachel Lee Cook and She's All That mm-hmm. to Cider House Rules, which is Academy nominated film right. yeah. to Igby Goes Down to oh, Scott yeah. Pilgrim, of course, which yeah. we covered. Wow. And then uh, most recently still going strong with Succession. Yeah. Yeah. And weirdly, weirdly, he looks more like Macaulay Culkin as a kid than Macaulay Culkin <laughs> looks now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it is one of those things, too, where I'm like, you, I'm like, you, get, you could get Kieran Culkin right now <laughs> to play Kevin and like we wouldn't miss anything. <laughs> like like it'd still be believable. Just get him in right. dual roles. He'll play he'll play Fuller also still. <laughs> right. Blonde him up. Yep. Yeah. There you go. I mean, oh, I want I want it to happen so bad. I mean, Catherine, here's a pro- hot property, so you could definitely get you know, yeah. Yeah, definitely she's still going strong. Oh, she's still Shit's going strong. Yeah. Yeah. So still acting. Yeah, she's still screen, funny. So oh yeah, no, she's still very funny. So but yeah, I think you could put like I said, house arrest. i'm in i'm in any way i can get it i'm in very good so okay so then to um so we'll we'll keep with the tradition that we started with the miller's crossing thing so so frank help me out with this so so we wrapped up miller's crossing with the meme of like who who in this movie would you recast as a muppet (laughs) right right (laughs) so basically you keep all the other actors you can you can recast one actor with with a muppet and yep. everyone else stays the same. So that's that's that's, that's ooh, the game. Yeah, no, ooh, stop it, I know. I have one. I have one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. You got Tommy. Sweetie Pie is the old man. <laughs> okay. You'll believe that he can take people out easily. So mean, it's so charming when he's down to earth and helpful. You mean you mean Sweetums, right? Sweetums. Sweetums. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the big guy, the big yeah. monster Muppet. Yes. Yeah, because we see him dragging a, a, a trash can with a shovel. Yeah, I believe everything that older brother said. You know? <laughs> okay. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. No, I could see that. That would work. Okay. That's good. I like that one, Tommy. I love Sweetums. Sweetums yeah. is great. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I got one, but it's okay. going to take two Muppets because you can't only have one of these. All right, go okay. ahead. And it's replace Uncle Frank with Stadler and Waldorf. Oh, that was yeah. my pick. That yeah, was my pick. Because yeah. he's a yeah. jerk. He's such a jerk. Because Uncle Frank is such a heel. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. such a jerk. Yeah. Stealing crystal from a plane. Yes. <laughs> Put it in your purse. Yeah. Put it in your purse. Right. Yeah. Oh. That's <laughs> what oh, he's yelling at his that poor wife. Too. It's real. Yeah, it's real crystal. Put so replace him with Stadler and Waldorf. That's <laughs> nice. a great one. Yeah, that was my pick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can imagine him laughing at the mom for leaving the kid. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you terrible person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely works. 
All right, Frank, what do you got? Well, I, I, I'm going to cheat a little bit too because I, I, I want to replace the Wet Bandits. Okay. With, <laughs> with Marv as Fozzie. <laughs> okay. 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 And, and Gonzo as Harry. Ooh, yes. Oh, that's a good yeah. one. Gonzo, yes. Yeah. Yes. I think that would work really, really well. The two of them have, because usually it's like the the, two, the three of them with, with Kermit. But I think Kermit's the one that's obviously like the optimistic one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So oh, if he's, you play he's Fo- the moral center also. Right. So Kermit's Gonzo not breaking in the houses. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. So I yeah. think if Gonzo, you know, Gonzo might be a little shady and then Fozzie's the one that's dim-witted and goes along with him. I think it works perfect. No, it does. Oh. It does. It's wonderful. Can I go back? Right. I, I want to do one. If, if I can change Karen Culkin Fuller. Okay. Okay. To Scooter. To so Scooter? He, yeah, because yes. they keep talking about Fuller, but you don't see him. So the yeah. pan to Fuller when he drinks the Pepsi is hilarious. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> does, the, does the eyebrow bit? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. What yeah. Talking about. <laughs> but have that be Scooter? Yeah. I can see that. Sure. Yeah. That would work. <laughs> there, there's also something with Buzz. There's a, like, yeah, like there, yes, there's a Muppet, right. there's a Muppet yes. waiting to be cast as Buzz, and I'm trying yes. to think about it now. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Stupid Buzz. Yeah. <laughs> uh. He's perfectly cast, though, man. That kid is so punchable. He is. Oh, oh my yes. God. Yeah, he sure <laughs> is. He well, I mean, sure he's, almost, is. he's almost interchangeable. Again, getting back to Christmas story, he's almost interchangeable with the Farkas. With right? Scott Farkas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. But yeah, he's perfect as the older bully brother. They're, they're both mm-hmm. awful. Or oh, or God. Chet from Weird Science. Yeah. Yeah, Chet. definitely Chet. <laughs> Chet. Yeah. Definitely Chet. Yeah. Wasn't Chet Bill Paxton? He was yes. Bill Paxton. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. Such a yeah. loss. Yeah. yeah. Still sad thinking about, but yeah, he's yeah. so good. I was going to let it go, Clifton, because it makes me sad when I think about it, too. Yeah, but yeah, but I just wanted to, I wanted to represent, because yeah. he's so good. He's very yeah. good in that. Yeah. Oh. We love you, Bill Paxson. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> we miss you. And yeah. John Candy. And John Hughes. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, everyone. Please make sure to leave us a review however you're listening. And be sure to tell us your thoughts on the great, great, great Home Alone in the comments. Be sure to suggest the topic while you're there. As always, you can find links and examples to everything we talk about on LetMeKnowHowItIs.com. Also, if you haven't done it already, please subscribe to us on YouTube. It'll really help us out. And finally, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash let me know how it is and follow us on Twitter at our show's initials, L-M-K-H-I-I. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. And keep the change, you filthy animals. (laughs) 